Hi, everybody. It's Peter Bassler with ESEC Lending again, coming to you this time from actually Fairfield, Connecticut, not Westport. I have actually left my house. I am now in a local office. I was kicked out by my wife, uh, just on the office side, hopefully. But I was too loud with all my Zoom calls, um, so she needed some peace and quiet. So anyway, I'm in my little local office, which is about four or five people. Uh, a little change of pace for me. Anyway, uh, I'm joined by Brooke Gilman, as usual, from Lake Champlain. And we've got a new guest. We've got Nora Bowman, who's a senior vice president on our client service team. In addition to being a karaoke star and oh. talent. <laughs> so Great. One of the stars of our client service team. So she's going to join today for, for this conversation. So welcome, Nora. Thank yeah. you. And I only do one song, so I don't know. Star is really a stretch there, but thank you. You, you do it well, you though, Nora. Yeah. <laughs> all but right. Before we go further, I think I'd like to just say that I think um, all of your colleagues probably can sympathize with your wife on, uh, yeah, on your loudness and and nonstop, uh, nonstop chatter, especially on Zoom. All right, great. Well, um, today we are talking about a topic that came from a request, so thank you. We won't, we won't uh, put you on the spot, but thank you for your request. We're talking about transparency and reporting from the beneficial owner perspective, and we may throw in some kind of benchmarking or performance measurement uh, as well. So why don't we start, Brooke? When you hear the words, because they mean a lot of different things, at least one of them does. I mean, when you hear transparency and reporting in an agent lender to beneficial owner context, what, what, what do you think about? Sure. So first off, I mean, very high level. To me, it means that, you know, it's important that a beneficial owner have access to all of their data, all of their program data in the way that they want to receive it and the format that is most useful to them and a, um, a way that they can also digest it or review it easily and readily. And, and that varies by beneficial owner. Um, everyone is different in, in how they operate. Some beneficial owners take data into their system and want to um, you know, get a direct feed of all their program data. Others you know, will prefer to access their program data via an online portal or a reporting platform system um, that many of the agents uh, will you know, provide. And others might prefer, you know, email inbox um, daily information coming through at the time that is useful to them when they're going to be able to review something um, or, you know, perform their oversight uh, duties. So I think it's important that that agents remain and, and have the ability to be flexible to customize data requests by beneficial owner or by lender type, because oftentimes, and, and Nora probably can talk more about it, uh, oftentimes, you know, different types of lenders have different requirements for, for also different reasons, and some of those being regulatory reasons that they need to receive certain types of data or um, information. And so, you know, I think at a high level, the industry does a pretty good job, and probably all agent lenders do a pretty good job of providing program data, I think transparency, you know, can both mean what I just spoke about, which is, you know, receiving all the data, but it also, I think, um, can segue into transparency on um, performance and pricing and whether that be everything from, you know, rates on loans to how a lender is doing versus their uh, peer group and the rest of the market. 
and whether they are receiving competitive pricing, whether um, you know, they're, they're performing well. It's also um, probably how things are performing even from an operational perspective. And is their program looking good in terms of operational aspects, whether that be recalls, whether that be other operational factors that might be important to individual beneficial owners. So that's probably a high level overview, but would love for maybe Nora, do you want to maybe speak to sort of how lenders can vary in terms of what they're interested to receive in, in terms of reporting and data and, and how sure. the unique different lender types um, approach that? Yeah. And I mean, I think you're spot on the, the theme that I've seen, you know, in the, in the last few years is that reporting and transparency is kind of more on the forefront and clients are looking for more information about their lending programs. And, and that does vary, like you said, based on client type. You know, we have mutual fund client types that are, for their regular, regulatory requirements, their NSEN, NPORT, things like that. They're having to get um, a lot of information from us. And, and, and typically that's via feed because it's, you know, a small part of a much larger reporting requirement that they're trying to automate that has on loan detail that has that also has collateral detail. They're also required mutual funds are required now to disclose income in their uh, financial statements and statements of additional information on their website. So there's lending data in there as well. And then, you know, I think the other reporting um, just varies based on what clients are focused on. Like you said, there's some clients that are focused on uh, more operational and compliance aspects of their program. So we're customizing reporting to meet those needs. There's clients that are um, more focused on income and what's on loan. There's clients that are focused on um, recalls and success of, of recalls for different um, policies that they have to follow, whether it's, you know, ESG, and recalling for proxy or recalling for um, cells, recalling for any anything really. And, and it, I, yeah, so I, I would say the theme is that reporting is more at the forefront where increased amount um, of requests for custom reporting, and then it just varies based on the client type in, in terms of what they're looking to receive. What, Nora and, and Brooke, what's the frequency you're typically seeing clients look for reporting on? I mean, are there certain things looking at daily, monthly, and obviously there's the board reporting, at least for the U.S. mutual funds. Can you touch on, on some of those? Sure. Um, I would say that the clients that are very focused on compliance that have, you know, very, that have structured programs where they have their own guidelines and parameters, and those are looking at um, reporting daily. Um, to make sure that there's adherence to their their own internal policies. And then I would say then probably the majority though are, are getting monthly reporting, which is kind of your more standard reporting that's on loan income. All, a lot of those regulatory requirements that I re uh, referenced for mutual funds, those are monthly. And then as you mentioned, kind of the more uh, high level program um, reviews that are done for board re uh, board reporting purposes and just, you know, management uh, purposes. Those are more quarterly, I would say. Great. And, and there are a bunch of different constituents, I think, at our clients, right, that, that might be interested in different things, right? Some people, if they're in compliance, may want different information than if you're like a front office trader 
where you're maybe focused more on performance. Do you, do you find that you're putting together different performance pack or uh, reporting packages for different types of people at the clients? For sure. Yeah, that's definitely, um, that's definitely true. Um, you know, the, the portfolio managers are more looking, as you said, to see what the performance is, or they're looking to see what's on loan, um, what's driving the revenue, which names specifically are driving the revenue, or they're, you know, looking to ensure that things are recalled timely, that type of thing. And then compliance um, folks are, are more interested in, um, you know, either adherence to regulatory limits or adherence to the policies that they have in place at, at the client. That makes sense. And what, um, maybe we turn this to quickly to performance measurement and benchmarking, unless you guys had some other comments on, on the uh, transparency reporting side. No, okay. that's good. Let's talk about it. Because I think, you know, when I started in this business, you know, way too long ago to talk about, there was really no way to determine, am I doing well? Am I not doing well? I hired this, this agent based on a forward looking revenue estimate, which is a whole nother topic which is uh, a challenge with only investment product that predicts performance, but we're not going to go down that rat hole. But um, as far as, you know, evaluating a lending agent or a partner in this space, you know, I know now there are three services out there that provide data. I mean, what's, what's your take on the, on the quality of the information and the ability to, to give true kind of performance measurement today? It is. Um, I also have been around since those data providers first started. Um, and so, you know, it's vastly improved over the past 20 or so years in this industry and the ability for more transparency on pricing and performance. It doesn't mean, though, that there still isn't yet room for further improvement. And part of the, the challenge that lending always has is the, um, that every lender is not created equal. And so while lenders might have um, similar characteristics and, and some characteristics are incredibly important to be um, uh, similar or the same when you're doing pricing and performance comparisons because it can make a material difference on uh, the value of a, of a security um, when a borrower is looking to borrow depending upon lender characteristics. But um, but you know, there still might be, even if you have equal lender characteristics, so say you have two US mutual funds or two US pension funds or, or other uh, similar beneficial owner type entities, they still can be quite different and sometimes dramatically so in how they approach a lending program and what their guidelines allow, what their program parameters and risk tolerances allow. And some lenders might be highly intrinsic focused where they're really just seeking to only lend sort of high value securities or, or specials. And others have a broader focus where they might be more volume driven lending programs um, where they're lending both specials and a broader set of general collateral securities, which are lower value securities opportunity or loan opportunities. And so if you don't have the ability to compare all of those different aspects of a, of a program, it can be a challenge when you're then talking about benchmarking. A lot of the benchmarking services now, there's ways that you can really drill down by collateral type, um, obviously by lender type, um, but it's, it's so important to be looking at you know, the exact same securities the exact same lender type, same collateral parameters, but even within collateral parameters, there's probably still further work and 
um, improvement that will be made, I, I know, over the coming years with a lot of the data services to, you know, even further improve upon the direct comparison ability. But, you know, again, vast improvement over, over many years, and there's a lot of good data out there, but there can still be pitfalls when you're looking at a lender's program and you sort of really have to know and understand both the, the style program and then understand the data set that it's being compared to to be able to determine whether or not you know the comparisons are justified and 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 solid or whether there's potential for you know still some pitfalls that can occur. Nora, I don't know if you have, you know, you do a lot of, Nora runs for us a lot of the benchmarking. So maybe you can speak to some of the different toggles that, that can be made when you're sort of filtering for performance and, and what some of those various data vendors um, now have the ability to, uh, to filter. Yeah, and I agree. Um, the, the data providers have really come a long way in recent years. I think they were getting a lot of feedback from um, from us, from you know the agents, and also from the beneficial owners, that it was difficult to get an apples to apples comparison, and and I think that they've um, now achieved that much better than in in the past. Um, but with that comes kind of a greater need to understand what you're looking at because, like you mentioned, there's a lot of different toggles now that you can select within there. And then, you know, you can select for client type, you can select uh, client location, collateral type, and, and you know, that can vary. They have, I think most of them have, you know, one to five kind of buckets that you can select for your uh, both non-cash and cash collateral types. I think that it's important though to also look at the peer group size when you're filtering down to those levels because that's something that still can be a challenge is that if you select you know too many of the filters to kind of get down to the exact client type you can sometimes uh, run into issues where the peer group is too small and so it's not really a meaningful comparison but definitely has definitely the providers have come a long way and um we're i I think we're happy with with the tools that we have available now to be able to show clients their uh, relative performance and so it's also important, I think, um, we, we've seen a, a massive increase as well over the past few years as the data vendors have improved their um, functionality. It's allowed us as agents to um, push, you know, benchmarking and, and performance measurement reporting to clients and clients now are both interested, they're, they're paying attention to it, they're asking for it, they're expecting it on a, on a very frequent basis. Pretty much all of our clients are now looking at um, data like that on a quarterly basis, and some are looking at it on a more frequent basis um, monthly, and, and some even as well have their own direct subscriptions with um, data vendors where the program data is feeding into the vendor and they're running their own reporting um, in addition to us, you know, also providing them performance reporting out of those um, platforms. And so, you know, beneficial owners today are far more active and interested. And, uh, you know, and I do think that um, going forward, we'll continue to see more direct relationships that beneficial owners have with the data vendors and greater expectations around what agent lenders um, provide in terms of performance measurement um, and benchmarking, you know, on a regular basis. Okay, great. Thanks, guys. That was uh, that was a great discussion. I think on the benchmarking topic, you can't um, talk about this enough. You got to understand the data, understand the filters, understand how people are are looking at the data because. 
I've always heard people say, you know, everyone comes into my office and tells me they outperform and that's not statistically possible. So understanding how your agent really drills down and is filtering the information is key to, to be able to get a like for like comparison. Um, and I still think benchmarking has a ways to go to be, to get perfected, but it's, it's still directionally helpful. So okay. anything, anything else you guys would, thoughts as like, if, I often think about if I was on the other side, so if you were a client, is there anything else like a, any words of wisdom on this topic as far as reporting, benchmarking, how you might, how you might think about it, you know, being on the other side, being a beneficial owner? I actually want to go back to the um, topic that Peter Hugh you said would be a little bit of a rat hole if we went down. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to take that, um, that, right. that path. And because my, my advice or, you know, topic that I would at least highlight to folks to think about would be, you know, and it's less about their ongoing program oversight and management, but more about, you know, when a beneficial owner is going through a procurement process or, you know, doing a competitive bid process amongst lenders and really argue that the use of estimates is very outdated and just not helpful forward-looking estimates and so i think that people you know continue to rely upon forward-looking estimates and uh, likely are ultimately making decisions based upon flawed assumptions and flawed data and they should really move away from requesting of estimates and either instead rely upon um, historical evaluations of assets and what they would have made or what they would have estimated to have made. I mean, that's one potentially useful way to look at it. At least you, that way you can compare to, to what you knew you made. But I think that there's, you know, I think that beneficial owners also could sometimes consider enlisting some of the data vendors to assist in some of their procurement processes in terms of helping to evaluate different agent lender, you know, analysis and, 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 data, but I, but I think most important that agent lenders need to find some way to build upon sort of performance composites. And so just like the investment manager, uh, investment management world does in terms of, you know, past performance and, and how they perform versus market benchmarks, I think that eventually it would be great to see the agent lender community um, have a way to replicate sort of at a composite level across their program how they performed versus broader market data, securities lending market data, and to have some history there and, and you know, to be able to maybe drill down at an asset class level. But again, recognizing that there's, you know, always, uh, you know, the potential for some clarifications on how those composites might be generated. But, but I think what matters is, is how agents are, are broadly performing and whether they're the right agent for you in terms of, you know, the, the model that they have, the service that they have, the, you know, operational infrastructure, et cetera, and less about forward-looking estimates, which ultimately you're just asking people to look into a crystal ball that, you know, they're, they're not going to actually be able to tell you with any uh, reasonability what you'll actually make. They're just going to be able to give you a moment in time guess of what the future might look like. And inevitably that guess will vary quite dramatically from reality. So I don't know. I think I, I couldn't, I couldn't agree with you more. And, and, and just a little plug, we have created, as you know, Brooke, a performance composite, right? So we yeah. are now able to show people quarterly 
what our overall program looked like from a performance composite perspective for the last quarter, or the last year, or the last rolling three years. So it's very much in line with how investment management industry works. So I'd like to see our industry go that direction as well. I think revenue estimates are useless. I think many times, um, or a few times in the last 12, 12 to 18 months, we've won big RFPs where revenue estimates have not even been asked for. Right. And people then focused on things like process, like who are the people, um, what's the operational integrity and things like that. And I think you don't get distracted by numbers driving decision making. And if you do, if you do look at estimates, I would encourage people to make it a very small percentage of the decision making factor. I think it might be helpful just to get a data point of what your portfolios are worth, but it's a point in time rolled forward and that's not guaranteed. Right. Yeah, and, and I mean, maybe, and I know that we have our performance composites that, that we've worked on, but maybe that's a role that these external data vendors could play longer term for the market. I mean, maybe there's a way that they can get involved and work with the agent lenders um, to come up with a more standardized solution for that. And that, that then could be, you know, the model long term to replace um, the use of for looking estimates but anyway we can continue right, well, to be in that message i guess well, i appreciate you coming back to that that's one of my favorite topics or frustration yeah. points but uh i think that's probably about time for us guys all right well Nora, so, thanks for joining us yeah thanks yeah. for having it was uh, nice to see you uh, on the screen here instead of mr maroney for a change <laughs> so we'll, we'll take that as an upgrade <laughs> and we will uh and keep uh keep the ideas coming if people who are listening have uh ideas for other podcasts because uh, we'll keep doing them as long as you keep listening. Have great. a great day. Thanks all.